Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to talk about MSU's loss to the Minnesota Golden Gophers, 59-56 in Minneapolis. It was a game where the Spartans led by nine mid- midway through the second half, but then Tyson Walker got injured. It looked to be a re-aggravation of a groin injury he's been sort of dealing with. Uh, Minnesota stormed back to take the lead, and then it was sort of a dogfight all the way to the end. Cam Christie was fantastic from behind the arc, propelling the Gophers to the win. It was a game where Michigan State basically just shot itself in the foot, shooting miserably from the free throw line at 41%. Uh, missed 10 free throws. Gritty performance from Walker. Uh, Aikens also played well offensively, but it was all for naught. Uh, it was somewhat fitting that Michigan State was down three. Hogarth got fouled on a three-point attempt and only was able to convert two of the three free throws, and then that led to the eventual loss. So a disappointing loss for Michigan State. They now have to return back to uh, a game against Illinois on Saturday before they hit the road for two more games, and just a, a team that just is having a lot of trouble on the road Albeit lots of Big Ten teams are having trouble on the road. Although it was interesting tonight, too. The other two Big Ten games were both road wins by the opponents. Yeah. Um, very, very disappointing loss. And, you know, they've they've struggled from the free throw line all year, yeah. certainly by Michigan State standards. But, uh, and I could be forgetting a game. I don't think I am. I can't think of a game where you looked at it and said, well, that was the number one area that you lost it in. That was the case tonight. Seven for 17. It's it's unbelievable that a team that shot 63% from the line themselves won the game because of that 63% performance. But that's what happened. Minnesota had two more free throw attempts in Michigan State, but they had five more makes. Three-point game. Yep. That's it, ball game. man. That's a ball game. And, you know, it's it's guys that, uh, you know, Carson Cooper, uh, you know, whatever, I'm not going to – that's going to happen with a center. Mm-hmm. But Malik Hall, terrible performance from the line. And, and that really killed – he single-handedly really put them behind the eight ball yep. with his inability to convert from the line. You know, AJ, obviously, you'd like to think he could hit all three. Um, last one just didn't go. Um, but by the rest of the team standards, two for three was brilliant. It was Rick Barry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very, very disappointing loss. There's no two ways about it. Um, they did a lot of things. Well, I, I do think, and you pointed out pretty clearly, the turning point in this game was Tyson Walker getting hurt. Now, I'm grateful that it looks like he's okay because that looked bad, and we know he's been nursing one. 
And we know he's been nursing a groin injury. When when he hobbled off, went to the locker room, boy, I, I was and if I didn't if think we'd see him again. If there's any silver lining, yeah, I mean, I was just praying, find a way to close this one out, and let's hope to God he's not out for long and maybe doesn't miss any games. I didn't think he'd come back. The fact that he came back and actually gave them what little semblance of an offense they had from that point is is remarkable. But but that was the turning point of the game in, in a momentum sense. Michigan State yeah. had pushed it out to nine, really seemed to be in a rhythm, and Minnesota was just lost. And the thing was, it's not like Minnesota came roaring back. No, it's, it was slow. You could, you could see Michigan State really struggled without Tyson on the floor to find any semblance of offense. And, I, you know, it's something. I, Michigan State had 16 assists on 21 made field goals. So that looks like a typical Michigan State performance, right? But I thought you, yeah. I thought the ball movement was terrible in the second half. And I'm gonna, we, we're recording this right after the game. Um, so we haven't heard what Tom Mizzo has to say. But I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't talk about selfish play. Um, and I don't even know if that's the right word for it. He tends to yeah. use that word. But um, look, they were they were just trying to square guys up and go one-on-one. The, even, even a lot of the buckets they had, I didn't think the ball movement was great tonight. There were a handful of possessions where it looked like Michigan State offense. And give Minnesota a little bit of credit for doing that to them, but not not enough. That was that was Michigan State just not not moving with a purpose in the half court. That's that's my two cents worth, and it cost them, you know. But yeah. um, obviously, as we say, that that Tyson injury was just enough to derail their momentum because it really felt to me like they were going to put them away. They were yeah, they're something out to double digits, and and that was going to be good night. And instead, that the offense was just bogged down. I don't remember what the what the score was at that point. Was it forty? They it's forty five, thirty six, forty five. When they, okay. when, yeah. And that was with what, like maybe twelve minutes left, something like that. Probably, yeah, that seems about right. So they scored eleven points the rest of the way. That's, I mean, that that's also pretty a pretty significant indictment. Of of the way that they played offensively, you know, defensively, they they weren't great. They weren't awful. Um, I think that there were some possessions. There was a big one where Minnesota uh, took the lead in that flurry when they scored whatever it was ten in a row, I think something like that, eleven yeah. in a row, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where somebody missed a free throw. One of probably Malik, one of the countless misses. And Minnesota gets the ball right down in transition of all things off a missed free throw to Cam Christie. Yeah. And he just steps into a white. Just no excuse at all for that kind of defense. And I felt I felt that was look, Cam Christie shot the hell out of the ball and he shot well all season. So give him credit for hitting those shots. But Michigan State didn't defend him well. Yeah. They were late on. I mean, he did. He did not hit shots where you're like, wow, that's just a tough make. They were all easy. They were all easy looks, and and you just can't do that. They got uh, Parker Fox in the first half. There's no <laughs> reason. That should never, ever happen. 
Malik gets blown by by Parker Fox, who's missed two straight years with leg injuries? Are you kidding me? I understand it probably wasn't in the scouting report that he was going to try and go off the dribble, but even if it's not, come on. That's just <laughs> that's just poor. But, but again, I'm harping on that. For the most part, this is a game that I put on offensive execution or lack thereof as yeah. as the main issue um and and clearly the lead in that story was the free throw line yeah that was sort of just a reflection of sort of the other problems right and sometimes i feel like you see that with the free throws like when you're uh it's almost like they're getting your your ineptitude moving stuff around you just kind of get the free throw line and you have the same sort of energy wow. Getting to the line, yeah. I don't know. Malik certainly Maybe. just looked very. Uh, he really lacked confidence going to the line, much like that last three that he took, where he yeah, just barely got rim. Miss. You know, that I, was a bad miss. He was very and passive he had, he in the got second off half. To a great start. Yeah, I know I he was had, great the first ten minutes. He had a really good first half, and then he just never that first possession. He actually made Stephen Bardo commented on it. I think he's right. It was an audacious attempt oh, to go yeah. with a left-handed scoop, and he almost hit it. It was a good move. It shouldn't yeah. have been the kind of thing to jar his confidence, but he never he never found it. Now, give Minnesota credit for the adjustment they made. Minnesota yeah, in the second half, yeah, consistently brought doubles. So where's the problem there for Michigan State? The problem is they were never able to punish it. Never. Not once. And that's a problem. If We used to talk about this all the time in – you know, Nick Ward's sophomore mm-hmm. and junior seasons where he would get doubled and because he he was even worse, at least Malik wasn't turning the ball over, but um, he never made people pay for it. You have to be able to make people pay for bringing doubles. And, and to Minnesota's credit, they went at it in a very intelligent way. Most of the time, the guy that was open was cross-court from Malik, which is not that unusual. Um, and it was A.J. Hogarth. Michigan State doesn't necessarily want to take a bunch of A.J. Hogarth threes, you know? Um, So they they did it intelligently, but still, man, you got to beat that stuff, and they just didn't do it. That had a lot to do with taking Malik out of the game, you know? So some of it was Minnesota, but he he still had free throw attempts that he didn't convert, and it's, yeah— Look, I've been, I, I'm a Malik Call fan. I'm not, this is a bad night. I don't think it's any more important or significant than that, but it was a bad night for him. Yeah. And I, and, you know, sometimes those doubles, and I don't know, I'm not watching film breaking down or something. I feel like some of it is the fact that people don't make themselves available, you know, to oh, for sure. get a quick pass and pass for around sure. the perimeter, right? It's just he dribbles into a double team and people just kind of like, ah, I'm just going to watch him as opposed to continue to move. It was coming. It, when I say AJ was the guy who was open, that's that's basically the way the rotations would work. But when the double first came, it was generally, if I remember correctly, it was generally coming from the big. So it was yeah. the guy guarding Cooper or Sissoko primarily. Those guys, have, absolutely, they have to do a better job making themselves available. I just say, you know, not that this is any kind of excuse, but how often has Michigan State seen doubling this year? Not a lot, you know, because they haven't had a post presence that other teams respect enough to do that with. So those guys, it's not, it's certainly not instinctive. That's not an excuse. You've got to be better. But yeah. 
you know, that's that's really, I think that's the story. All right, well, let's uh, move along here, and we'll start with our Brothers of Jesu Gutters, player that Michigan State need to keep in the gutter, which was Dawson Garcia. Uh, the Brothers of Jesu Gutters are the go-to stop for gutter work on your house, downspouts, whatever you need done. They can put adhesive gutters, which, you know, there's still, it's only February. There's plenty of time for ice and snow to build up there. But you need to make sure when you have that snow melt that the water stays away from where it's supposed to stay away from. So the Brothers of Jesu Gutters are the ones that can do that for you. Uh, the professional come quickly very good pricing, efficient, and uh, they're even out right now in February. They'll come out to your house and or even your business and take care of things. If it's a small job, a big job, they can do whatever. Again, repairing, replacing, or cleaning out your gutters, whatever you need done. You can find them at their contact page, which is on www.tffinots.com support. You can get find an estimate if you're on the west or east side of the state, and they can hook you up. Uh, so a player would keep in the gutter was Dawson Garcia, who, you know, for the first half certainly was kept down by Michigan State. And even the even the second half, he didn't really end up doing too much. He ended up with 10 points, 4 or 10 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, that huge 3 late. I mean, both yeah. the threes he made were yeah. grenades. Uh, yep. Just two rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, a block, a steal. I mean, in 33 minutes, he was pretty much kind of, uh, I would say, pretty invisible most of the game. He was not nearly as effective as he was the first matchup. They did. I mean, look, that guy scoring 10 points, he say that's a victory right and he didn't yeah. he also didn't do much on the boards he only had two rebounds yeah um now i will say this ben johnson did a decent job of stopping dawson garcia because he played parker <laughs> fox now it worked it was that stretch of the second half where minnesota got back into the game but he didn't go away from that lineup for much longer than i would have thought was the case um mm -hmm. so some of that was on Minnesota's personnel decisions, but um, yeah, the, the 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 that last three, you know, again, I understand he's had a very rough year shooting the three. That said, over the last four or five games, basically since the Michigan State game at Breslin, he has shot it much much better. He has been much more like the guy he was last year and the guy he's been over his career. Those of you who listened to the episode we had uh, Mike Garland on, you may remember that Mike Garland talked about Michigan State recruiting Dawson Garcia and yeah. that the, the main reason that Dawson Garcia was regarded as highly as he was, he was a McDonald's All-American, was that, that he was mm -hmm. a 6'9", 6'10 guy who could actually legitimately stretch the floor. And, and so you can say, well, he came into the game shooting 26% and he goes two for four. That's a lucky break, right? Okay, and and I would, I would agree with that, but to an extent. But Dawson Garcia is a better shooter than that. And I thought on that last one, honestly. And again, I hate to be beaten up on Malik, but I thought Malik's recognition and closeout was late. And I understand you don't want to come out too aggressively because. Garcia had enough time. There well, it wasn't a total grenade. There it was, was like, like four seconds. Yeah, mm, there was more than that because I I want to say I think so. I mean I could be wrong. You you yeah, may you may have me, but my my thought was you can't close out too aggressively because he can go by you. Right, and he looks yeah. to do that, and, but it's got to be a in that situation. It's got to be a better closeout than that. It has to be, and he just did. Malik was late. If you looked at the the replay. You could see it clearly that Malik was just 
he got there, but he got there when Garcia was already in the air. And he really didn't do anything to disrupt his rhythm as a shooter. Yeah. And so, you know, when that happens, you're you're then just praying that he misses. You're relying <laughs> on luck. And that's that's not a good spot to be in. Yeah, they uh I think Minnesota finished the game almost forty percent from three. Thirty nine yeah, largely because of Camp Christie. Uh, well, and Garcia, he was two for yeah, four. Yeah, so then they got then good. they got they got a make in the first half from Carrington, who's a seventeen yeah. percent shooter. <laughs> he did the same thing to him at Breslin, but you know wh- whatever yeah. those things are going to happen. On the flip side of it, Hawkins was zero for five. He's a high thirties guy. Mitchell was only one for three. He didn't even get up that many attempts. So yeah. they can't cry about it too much. Yeah, no, I think generally they def- like you said before the defense was not. As much the problem as it was, probably more the offense who just got stuck in the mud too often in the second half. I think the defense against the twos was perfectly fine. Minnesota shoots well inside the arc. Michigan yeah. State was pretty good there. They didn't. The, the, my problem was the way they defended threes. When you look at Christie and Garcia, especially Christie, they just they didn't make it tough on them. They just didn't. Kid's a good shooter. You give him credit for that. They did not make it tough on him. And so that was the the defensive element that I didn't like. But overall, they were all right. All right. So then the uh, Michigan State player that cleaned the glass the best brought to you by the Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids. Uh, you had a four to three and a half lead on me so far this season. You got Mahdi. Mahdi wins. He had six. And overall, pretty good rebounding performance by Michigan State, really. Um, yeah. Mahdi had six and Cooper and who I had and Hall both had four and Hogard Akins and Tyson all had three. So good rebounding from the guard position, which is what we've been looking more for from Michigan state. So pretty good job cleaning the glass for Michigan state overall. I think in the game, it was, it wasn't really a, it wasn't really a problem that we had thought it was going to be. It wasn't but Marty, Marty was, Marty was very good. And um, you know, there's still the occasional ones where you're like, ah, he just can't quite <laughs> corral it. And, and he's just like a beat slow, but overall he did okay. Um, and just as a reminder too, if you want to get your windows cleaned or maybe your screens, maybe you just need your house or your business power washed, maybe it's a high rise. Uh, you can call the Squeezy Squad of Grand Rapids. They've got a pretty big region. Uh, you can check them out at our support page again. That's at final force uh, not on the schedule.com slash support. You can get a free estimate, uh, 15% off. If you mentioned rebound when you get your estimate, uh, they can, Again, they've fixed, they've done my house. They're super nice professional crew. Uh, they do very, very, very detailed work. And so you won't be disappointed with their work. They're so good. They even did the state capital. So uh, I don't know what more to say about Mahdi, except I thought he did his job today, you know? As a rebounder, yeah, he was okay. They, I, I don't have the minutes in front of me, but I thought Carson played a lot. Yeah, um, I think it, they both uh, played 19. Okay. It, it felt even more than that. I was a was frankly I was a little surprised because I thought I, I'm sure there's a reason, but I I thought Mahdi was um was the better was the was the better performer today. I mean, there's not there's not a huge difference in their stats, but I just I just felt like he was he was playing a little better, and you know whatever uh, wasn't yeah. a game breaker either way, but. Yeah, Mighty just had those two travels, <laughs> like yeah, the identical yeah. travel for this same feed post feed, and then he shuffles his feet, and then he dribbles, and uh, yeah. you know what are you gonna do? Uh, so then we'll talk about the keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. 
Uh, those of you who ordered major orders, we had quite a few orders for t-shirts and hoodies and stuff from uh, for our logo store. So that is closed. We'll open up again eh, sometime later this year, maybe. Uh, but if you're still looking for Spartan apparel or maybe some other apparel, uh, you can head on over to Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. 20% off if you type in Final Four at for the coupon code on checkout. They have super comfortable. In fact, today I'm wearing a vintage uh, Michigan State basketball sweatshirt. Super comfortable, very wearable. Uh, they wash great. They really hold up. And so they're a favorite from our family. I got some more stuff just the other day. You won't regret it. So again, check out Nudge Printing at nudgeprinting.com. The five keys to the game will start with uh, number one, which is uh, the interior defense, which you just mentioned. Thought Michigan State did a pretty good job. I think you know earlier they were whenever Garcia got inside, they were doing a quick double off of uh, usually uh, Farrell. Uh, but then I don't know. Minnesota didn't get a whole lot going inside really at all. Yeah, you know, it, look, there were there were segments and and pain. It's rare you say, wow, the guy went four for eight from the line, and that's a huge performance, <laughs> but it was. Yeah. It was, I mean, this is a guy who came in shooting in the high 30s, so they'll take 50% any day. Better than our and, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, well, as I said, it's it's rare that um, 63% gets you, gets you beat, but it did yeah. today because Michigan State was just that bad. Um no, I did. I didn't think Minnesota. They they were far less productive than they were in the first game, and that includes rebounding. I mean, combined eighteen points, nine rebounds between those two guys. You, you would take that. You would yeah. absolutely take that. And then go. The second key to the game is pace. So this is. Uh, I thought you know Michigan State started out pretty good. I, they've had occasional times in the first half, especially when they were getting some fast breaks and getting stuff going. But for the most part, especially the second half, even when they're extending their lead, really not much as far as pace, either at fast break or even getting into their sets quickly. There are a lot of almost 30-second yeah. violations, <laughs> shot clock yeah. violations. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was not good. It was not good there. I mean, they, they did win the fast break points battle 10 to 3, but, you know, yeah. I, I'm not positive, but I think half of those might have come in the first two possessions. I know, I, I know I two right. of them did. I know the the basket by Mahdi was a fast break bucket. And I, if the Tyson Walker three didn't count, it should. Um, well, the one he had with the steal, and then he, yeah, that had to have been right. So, well, I'm talking. They had right eight at halftime. No, I'm talking right at the beginning of the game, the very first possession Michigan State had. Minnesota won the tip. Yeah. They came down, missed a shot. Michigan State got the rebound, got it up court very quickly to Tyson, measured a three, and hit it. So, I bet you're right. I bet those. Yeah. I bet the Tyson's two threes and the Mahdi two. That was pretty I, much it for I, the first that half. That start had me thinking. All right, we're going to get yeah. this thing turned up the way we did in East Lansing. And it didn't. It, no, the the biggest sin is the half court stuff, though. And again, I, I we're working without the benefit of hearing Tom Izzo's post game, uh, but I'm going to be surprised if he's not talking about that because I just thought offensively they were very passive and very slow in getting into their stuff um and that just you know they can't play that way we we talk no. about this all the time they cannot play that way so the fourth key of the game is the boards i think you know i mentioned michigan state did a good job here i think both teams tied as far as overall rebounds michigan state had a 19 percent offensive rebounding rate not very good minnesota a 20 percent offensive rebounding rate not very good so yeah both teams defensively rebounded well and so that was just like a, but, a push but at least if the stats that I was looking at at halftime were correct, I think I think it was, I don't think either team had a single offensive rebound in the first half. I believe it was 0-0. Zero, zero. 
Um, if that's a, if, even if that wasn't accurate, it couldn't have been more than like one. They each, each had way. two. They each had two. It's worth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, the stats Whatever. I was looking. Well, I, that's what I get for looking at ESPN stats and <laughs> believing it. Uh, but they said zero both ways. Um, but even so, so that's two in the first half each way, three in the second half each way. That's the frustrating thing about this game is some of the things that we talked about as being very important, limiting the interior guys, pretty much did that. Now, if you if you lump Parker Fox's eight points in there, the picture looks a little better for Minnesota, but we're primarily yeah. talking about those two starters. They did a pretty good job containing those guys. This area didn't let Minnesota get much done at all on the offensive glass. You know, a lot of the things that you would have thought were important coming into the game, they actually executed. It's just the things that we've talked about, the lack of pace and rhythm on offense in general and then the horrible free throw shooting. Those are the things that killed them in the end. Yeah. And you just didn't see those things coming. I actually skipped one of the keys of the game. It was uh, the third one was actually energy and toughness. I I don't know what you think about this. I don't feel like they lack that. It's just maybe lacking energy. I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't feel like they got punched in the face and didn't, you know, respond. Like, I don't know. No, I, I think that, I think that um, if I had to, again, I'll be interested to hear what Izzo has to say, but from my, from my vantage point, um, I thought their issues were execution related. Yeah. Um, so for example, not, not uh, closing on shooters the way you need to. Um you know, play it. It wasn't a chronic problem, but they had some issues in the first half with pick and roll coverage. Um, you know, things like that that I thought were execution related, rather than oh, they're just not playing hard enough or they're not showing enough toughness. I think they were okay in those areas. Maybe the energy, as you alluded to, maybe that shows up in the fact that they they didn't run their offense the way they need to. Yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they were seemed very passive on offense and they didn't really seem to get into going back to the pacing issue until so there were 15 maybe 12 seconds left in the shot clock before they really started doing yeah, anything. and exactly. then it's sort of that's, then that's it's like I mean. oh now you don't have much going yeah that's what i mean and look if you if you allow a team to shorten the shot clock on you um you're playing right into their hands because if they only have to play 15 seconds of real defense well that's a much easier task yeah. And if you're forcing them right out of the shoot, you're getting the ball up court into the forecourt in a hurry, and you're getting into your sets, well, that's going to test them in a different way. Michigan said you're absolutely right. I mean, so many times it was 10, 12, 15 seconds just to get into the set. Minnesota's not that good defensively that they should do that to you. It wasn't like Michigan State was starting and stopping and Minnesota blew up a set. You know, when they had to reset, it's they didn't even get into it. Yeah, they were kind of, you know, with the screens, they were hedging way out and forcing the guards way out to yeah. almost almost back out to the <laughs> to half court. And then they weren't getting the guards weren't getting around it and actually and making and making them, you know, difficult for them to try and get back and scramble. Now, this this is an area where, you know, that there's been this criticism in certain quarters of Michigan State's team this year that they don't have um, a viable, consistent shooting threat from the floor, mm -hmm. okay, which I agree with. 
I think anyone with eyes would say they don't have that. <laughs> I mean, Malik Hall has been far better in Big Ten play, but as we've talked about, he's not been the kind of volume guy that really, you know, and Michigan State over the years, it's also true that Tom Izzo teams are generally better offensively when they have that kind of player. I think in a game like this one, that's where it shows up because if they're going to defend pick and roll that heavily, well, the easiest pass for a guard to make is to the foreman, to the guy setting the screen, if that's the guy you're using to set the pick. You right. Know? And Michigan State doesn't really have that counter available to them. You know? So the fact that Minnesota was able to play that way, and they did a good job, and Michigan State really didn't make them pay for doing that. But that's one of the ways you can make a, a defense pay for, for playing that aggressively is, okay, you just have, instead of having your the screen setter rolling hard, you have him flare out as a shooter, as we saw Joey Hauser do a ton of times, and, yeah. you know, Jaron Jackson and Kenny Goins. I mean, you go on and on and on through the list of guys that Tom Izzo's had who have been able to punish defenses that way. They don't really have that option at this point, you know. Um, and so this, I, I think to my own two sets is that to some extent, I think that criticism is a little overdone because I think that this team, what gets forgotten is this team has other elements offensively that a lot of previous Michigan State teams have not had available to them, namely the fact that they have guards who can play downhill very effectively. Um, and that gives them a chance, an opportunity to do some things differently than other Michigan State teams have been able to do. Tonight, Michigan State's guards did not do very much that way at all, and um, they weren't able to make Minnesota pay for playing that um, that aggressively, you know? So, yeah. I mean, the points in the paint in this game were 20 2020. Yeah. And and that's I, just not not what you want to see if you're Michigan State. Yeah, I think there's a very good chance we're going to see a lot more of that defensive approach from other teams this season well, until Michigan State figures it out. You would you would say that and I understand why, but you also have to remember not everybody can play that way. Sure. Because you need you need a big that you feel confident in in terms of his ability to actually contain the guard and then recover as he needs to. Um, not everybody has that. It's like, it's kind of akin to, um, I was I was reading um, a uh, Michigan basketball blog after the MSU went over Michigan, uh, whenever it was, a week ago, 10 days ago. And um, that person was talking about how they were surprised that Michigan State did not apply much more ball pressure defensively on Michigan's guards, particularly because they didn't have Doug McDaniel available, right? Mm -hmm. And that person surmised that it was um, uh, a function of disrespect that they didn't think Michigan could beat them anyway, and stubbornness. Well, stubbornness is the wrong word. Um, it's, it's a word I, I particularly in the context of Michigan state basketball have a big, big problem with because it gets <laughs> used completely inappropriately and stupidly, frankly, but 
uh, there is a way that Michigan State plays under Tom Izzo defensively, and it does not include massive ball pressure. Now, in the abstract, in a vacuum, it's absolutely correct that a team without a real point guard, well, you should pressure them, right? You should mm-hmm. get up into them. Right. And I might even I might even personally say, boy, I wish they'd done a little bit more of that against Michigan, you know? But they don't do that. And so that also holds true in what we're talking about right now. There are a lot of teams, no matter what happens, Purdue is not going to have Zach Eady playing ball screen defense <laughs> the way we saw tonight. They're right, just yeah, not. Yeah. And there are other teams that fit that mold too. Um, so yeah, they'll see some, but they've seen they've seen that at different points all year anyway. It just happened to be effective tonight, but I put some of that on Michigan State too. It's not just the defense. It's the way Michigan State's guards handled it or didn't handle it. I was just mentioning that is a scenario where a shooting threat at the four can come in really handy to yeah, punish sure. a team for that, and, and Michigan State does not really have that guy. So the fifth key to the game is the road. Michigan State falls to one and five on the road than Big Ten. And, um, you know, I don't feel like the Williams crowd was like spectacular or anything. It did seem like it was fairly empty. Uh, most, or at least you, the shots showing the upper deck, there weren't a whole lot of people. Uh, but, you know, they lose again in the, on the road. And I don't, I don't know what it says, <laughs> except that well, they just haven't won on the road. Until, until, until they start reeling off some road victories, what it says is they're not a very good team away from home. Yeah, I mean, whatever right. the reasons are, that's you can't argue with the numbers. You know, they've won one time. Uh, so you look at the remaining the remaining games on the road. What do they got? They go to Purdue. Well, they're not winning that one. Um, they uh, they go to Penn State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan, Indiana. and Indiana. I yeah. got to tell you, those are three games that. A good team, which I still believe this team has in them, ought to win. But they got to do it. I mean, we're yeah. gonna be we're gonna be talking about this before every one of these games, you know? Yeah, because it's a fact they have not performed on the road, and this is another one that you got to look back at, just as I think they do with the Nebraska game, and and maybe even the Illinois game, and say, you know. It was right there. Mm-hmm. All we had to do in this case, all we had to do was shoot free throws decently. <laughs> yeah. Not even great. They just were they seven for seventeen. Yeah, eleven for seventeen wins you this game. Mm-hmm. Not great. Like mid sixties wins you this game, and they couldn't do that much. So yeah, until they prove it, yeah. <laughs> Until you prove it, you haven't proven it. Uh, anything else, uh, individual performances you want to talk about before we before we uh, head out of here? I mean, I mean uh, you know, the Tyson obviously kind of carried the load, and then there was a stretch where Jaden Akins really did some nice things offensively. Outside of those two guys, they didn't get a lot of production. This is a bad. It was not a good night for AJ Hogard. I mean, he was one for six from the floor. He, uh, even apart from missing that last free throw, which again, I, on a night where the team was so horrible, his two for three actually looked pretty good. But <laughs> but yeah. they had that possession where they were still down three with whatever it was, 18 seconds left. 
And strategically, it was a smart play. Like yeah. if you can get it, get a quick mm -hmm. two, but you got to convert the two. Yeah. And he allowed Payne to alter his shot. And, you know, that was kind of the ball game. Um, he just did not have, never looked like he was really on it. He had five assists. They all came in the first half. Second half, it was nothing. Um, so I was disappointed in him. Um, we talked about Malik, really good first half, not much positive in the second. Um, nobody else really worth worth talking about, I don't think, either way. You know, no, it just was so. not, it was those two guys, Walker and Akins, that really carried them offensively. And um, that wasn't enough. They needed a third guy, you know, and you're, you're hoping and you're expecting that A.J. and or Hall would be that guy, and just neither one of them was really up to that in the end, and it cost him. So it, yeah. it means that it means that this game on Saturday. Um, I look. I'm not talking about make or break in terms of an NCAA tournament bid. There, despite the um, net moaning and gnashing of teeth you're going to hear <laughs> after this one on the internet. Um, understand that Michigan State is not on the bubble after this loss. I mean, I was seeing them basically in about the nine range before this game. So they'll probably slip. You'll probably see them at 10, might even be an 11 in some people's minds. Although I think a road loss to a team that's actually playing pretty well is not, not likely. Um, but more from the perspective of where are you headed as a team? Are you finding that late season momentum that you want to see to make sure you're going into March playing your best basketball, right? Yeah. And so from that perspective, you've got an Illinois team that has played very well, far better than I expected, because they're still a team without a point guard. It's remarkable to me that they've managed to do this and and also to go through a stretch without Terrence Shannon, who's now back. Um, in fact, I don't know if that's actually made them better. To me, since he's been back, they don't look quite as cohesive as they were looking either when he was playing originally or after he went out. Um, we'll see how that, that all ends up. But it's, a, it's an important game from that perspective for sure. You need to, you know, if you, if you go out and you – take care of business and you beat Illinois at home uh, people will still talk about this kind of loss but it won't it won't have the same impact you can you'll be back on the beam so to speak uh, I think from a momentum perspective and then you can go into those two road games that you talked about um, that that certainly look like winnable road games um, from the perspective of the teams you're playing and um, and feel confident again that you can go out and and get the job done. So yep. it it's it's not to say that the Illinois game at home would have wouldn't have been just as important even if MSU had won this game. It would have been because then you're talking about continuing momentum, you know. And and now you know it's about making sure that you don't lose what you had. Right. Yeah. You start. I mean, you think about it. If you want to. Go 500 in the Big Ten. You've got to make up home away victories for every home win you don't pull off. And they already have one home loss this season, and they've sort of broken even. That's why they're six and six. 
Right. And then you, yeah, you, if it's, with two road games coming up, you, yeah, you can't but, drop but the Illinois team game. But this team is not, this team is not, I mean, 10 and 10 is not, that, that's not. That's oh, not I don't, I agree. That's game. not where you, yeah. I, no, I, and this is a little bit of my 1980s thinking like, oh, right. if you just get, you know, right. 500, right. You know, that most but, years uh, in the, most years in the big 10, even now, that would be fine from a tournament perspective. You don't, I mean, for this team, well, this said, so that would mean four more losses. Um, yeah, that's not that's not ideal. Yeah, that, I mean, I still trouble. think they'd probably get in. Depends on who the wins and losses came against to some extent. Yeah, but sure. But you don't want to test that. So no, yeah, it, it sure. mattered. But but the, again, the bigger picture, I'm not worried about NCAA tournament stuff at this point. Maybe I will be later, but I'm not right now. What I'm worried about is how they're playing and what the mentality is. You know. Yeah. I'd like to get to a point where I trust this team a little bit more, and I just am not at that point. At well, this you point. can't. I mean, this is, tonight, <laughs> right, is, yeah, tonight right. is proof positive of it, you know? I, I felt like they had been finding a rhythm. They'd won five of six. Um, mm-hmm. I think they had been they have been playing generally reasonably good basketball, all things considered. And then, um, you know, and again, it's not like this was just an absolute stink bomb of a performance. It wasn't. But in some key areas that, I mean, look, free throw shooting, when that's a big factor and you're losing a game, it's always a big deal. People always get infuriated by it. Right, because you know? no one's guarding you. <laughs> yeah, and and it's and by the way, for Michigan State fans, this is not a normal thing. For the most part, if you look over Tom Izzo's career, Michigan State teams have generally been good to outstanding free throw shooting teams. So this team, you know, and and on the rare occasions where they haven't been, they've usually been better in enough areas for it not to matter as much. Whereas this team, the margins have been a lot finer. So when you throw out a really bad performance like they did today, it's it's going to have a disproportionate impact. As I said, they haven't been really very good all year, and yet this is the first time I felt like it was the number one bullet point on the things that cost them a win. You know, so and I guess the lesson in that is if you don't get your act together from the line, sooner or later it is going to bite you. It is going to cost you a game, and that's what happened tonight for sure. All right, well, let's get out of here. We'll be back with a preview for the Illinois game coming up. Uh, Just a reminder to check out our a support page if you want to support the show financially we appreciate that you can do one-time gifts via paypal or venmo or recurring basis on substack or patreon you can find all those links at the final fours on the schedule.com slash support uh, also you can find the links to get a hold of the brothers just your gutters the squeegee squad of grand rapids and nudge printing as well as getting an uh, opportunity to uh, get coach garland's book a goji so until next time the final fours on the schedule go green